Of course, Houston needs a quarterback, but who's going to catch the ball? Why Jackson Smith Najigma is the best option for Houston in the draft. And we'll tell you why upgrading through free agency has its perks. And to tie it all in, we want to develop a great team here that we can deliver wins to the city of Houston. We want to deliver a championship here to the city of Houston, and that's what it, that's what it'll be about. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Wednesday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started today. I'm John Hickman here all the way out in Fort Worth, Dallas, Texas. And, of course, I'm joined by none other than Cody Davis. He out there in the enemy territory. You um, ain't loyal. You got to uh, stay loyal to the H. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm out here at a conference. But as you guys know, the show don't stop five days a week. Your team every day. And as Cody and I prepare for the free agency period, period, as we prepare for the draft that's coming up in about a month and a half, two months, it's very important to discuss why Houston desperately needs to address the wide receiver position. Going into last offseason, there was a conversation that many people weren't really ready to have, Cody. Mm. And I started it here on this show by simply understanding that the wide receiving group for the Houston Texans was beyond lackluster. That's with whatever we thought Brandon Cooks was going to be able to bring before the season started as a veteran. That's with before we saw Nico Collins in and out of you know lineup due to injury. They did not have enough, even when they drafted John Mechie. And so now, looking at the number 12 overall pick, I think it's time to address the wide receiver position. Now, Bobby Slowick is coming over from the San Francisco 49ers. And I think there's some interesting numbers that we need to look at. The top five highest attempted routes by San Francisco wide receivers last year. Slant routes at number one, out routes at number two, crossing routes at three, in routes at four, and at five, screen routes. Of course, they got Christian McCaffrey, uh, a healthy Devo Samuel. They got some athletes over there that can do some amazing things with the football. Top five highest attempted routes ran by the Houston Texans. Hitch, out routes, crossing routes, which is number third on the San Fran and Houston's list, screens and backfield flares. Now, I want to move forward by looking at the top five completion percentage per routes for San Fran on 10 or more attempts. Backfield screens, wide receiver screens, backfield flares, speed outs, and pivots. Same category for Houston. Wide receiver screens, backfield flares, backfield screens, crossing routes, speed out routes. The most successful route ran for San Fran in terms of yards, crossing, in routes, and slants. I wanted to give you guys that context because – when I look at the number 12 overall pick, Cody, and I look at some of these receivers that's available in the draft, I've heard the Quentin Johnson, the kid out of TCU. 
And I get it. Right? You can you can uh, want him to go on a go route to go pick up a big yard, big play. I get it. He can do that. But we just hired Bobby Slowick to be the offensive coordinator for Houston. So for Houston, I think drafting a wide receiver is uber important because what did I say last week when we discussed the B. John Robinson talk? Houston has a running back. Houston does not have a wide receiver, not a wide receiver one at least. And I think, given the numbers, JSN, Jackson Smith, Nick Jigma out of Ohio State, who I understand missed majority of last year due to the injury, should be the guy for the Houston Texans. He's, an, he's excelled at slant routes, crossing routes, and those in routes. All of those were the most successful routes ran for the San Francisco 49ers, who we presumably believe Bobby Slowett will bring over a lot of those same concepts in terms of what he wants to do uh, in the passing game. I want to mirror some of that, which, you know, that's a great thing. Coming from that Kyle Shanahan system, that's been successful for any plug-and-play guy. You want to see that same, uh, that same, you know, that, that success replicated here in Houston, which is why I believe that D'Amico brought him over here to town. When I look at Smith and Jigma, great body control, great hands-to-body catch ratio, 95 receptions, uh, over, almost 1,600 yards, 16.8 yards per catch, nine TDs, six drops on 112 targets, six drops on 95 catches. He uses his hands, and I'm a hands guy. When I look at Quinn Johnson, I, I'm just underwhelmed by some of the things that I'm looking for. He's not that great of a route runner. My boy Phil always like to say, stay away from those one-trick ponies. And in this case, when I look at uh, Quinn Johnson out of TCU, the go routes is what you love him for. But everything else, he's not a route technician like we get out of Smith and Jigma, and he can run pretty much every route on their route tree, and he uses his hands. And so, look, I understand that he predominantly played the slot. That may be a concern. Of course, injury history may be a concern. It was the first time he got injured last year. I think he'll come back and he'll be, uh, you know, same type of level co competition as a receiver. But he can beat a defender off the line. He has very quick feet and he has an amazing release. He forced 19 missed tackles and 790 yards after the catch in 2021. I think that's all I have to say. <laughs> Pair that with John Mitchell, who you presume will be coming back. You know, healthy. He's Nick Asurio has already said that he's beating the timeline of getting back on that field. You will have two guys that win before they ever have to get physical, right? They win with their feet. They win with their hips. They win at the line of scrimmage. They make their quarterback's job easier. And then both of those guys fight for yards. Both of those guys are good at run after the catch. When I look at Njigma Smith, I love what he can possibly bring to the game. Now, if Smith isn't the guy, guys, right after him, Addison out of USC, I think he's a gamer. I wouldn't be mad if Houston looked at Addison as their wide receiver one on their draft boards. I just like Smith a little bit more because of that big play ability. He doesn't have that home run speed that you would like in open field but he knows how to get yards after the catch, and he has amazing hands, and that's what I like for this team. 
And that's what I see out of, you know, if he comes to Houston, I think they can benefit from that, a guy that you can interchange in and out between the outside and the slot and really cause some confusion uh, with, with some of these defenders. I, I love your passion for Jackson Smith and Ajima, but if he is available at 12, I personally do not feel that the Houston Texans should draft him. And I only say that because, John, you mentioned it, his injury history. This is a guy due to several nagging hamstring injuries. He was only limited to three games last season at Ohio State. And with that being said, when you take a look at what the Houston Texans currently have in their wide receiving core as of right now, as of where we stand on February 22nd, 2023, um, outside of talent, health is the next biggest concern in terms of what the Houston Texans need in the, in that position group. Um, and look, you already mentioned John Mechie. And when you take a look at Nico Collins, who I do believe do believe still has the potential to be this team's number one wide receiver, the biggest knock against him is his health. And look, for the he's going into his third season, but for the second year in a row, you and I are going to be sitting up here in training camp in preseason at the first start of next season, talking about this is what Nico Collins could be your number one receiver if he can stay healthy. With all that being said, at the number 12 pick, if the Houston Texans do decide to go wide receiver, I will prefer them to get somebody that you already know is durable and who already and who already has the potential to come in and be your team's number one option. Now, with that being said, Jackson Smith, as you mentioned, wide receiver who has played a lot in the slot outside of durability, of course, talent. I want to see the Houston Texans bring in some height in that position group. Last year at the end of the season, the Houston Texans had someone in the ballpark of 10 to 11 wide receivers on their rosters. And only two stood over 6'2". One was Jalen Camp. Nine times out of 10, he won't be back. And, of course, the latter was Nico Collins. You take a look at my guy, Quentin Johnston. This is a guy who is 6'4". I know you mentioned he's a one-trick pony, but I don't see him that way. The Houston Texans definitely need somebody that can bring some size to that position group. And by the way, they have enough guys already at the time of this recording that's standing around six foot six one that could play in the slot that you can move to the outside i like the versatility that bobby slovic is going to bring however in terms of i would like to see bobby work with more so of veterans and we're going to get into that to the next segment into why it's very important for them to go out and explore the free agency market with this being Bobby's first time being a um, primary offensive play caller, I would rather I would rather see him try to do those tricks, try to do everything that he learned from Kyle Shanahan with a veteran wide receiver, more so a wide receiver to where you got to come in, let him develop the game. And like I mentioned, he still has a knock with his injury history. Yeah, he does. I do want to add this, that Jackson is from the state of Texas. I hear from Dallas. <laughs> um, out there. So you do got to look at – the uh, uh, option of marketing. Oh, oh! By the way, I'm sorry to cut you off, but uh, but uh, I will say, if they draft Jackson, I think that is also. Remember, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about them being somewhat of trendsetters. If they get the, if they get your boy CJ at number two, what school is Jackson coming from? Ohio State. So there you go. <laughs> also, I want to add that Chris Olave, a wide receiver that was at Ohio State with Jackson Smith and Jigma who was a rookie this past year, 
uh, Garrett Wilson, you know, another receiver who was at Ohio State. Both of those receivers who did well in their rookie year mentioned how cold of a receiver he is. And Smith himself said that he believes that he is the best wide receiver in this draft. He also said that he studies the likes of Stephon Diggs, uh, a Cooper Cup. I like a guy that can win off the line. And, and I think that with Houston, this is a perfect opportunity. And I get the, the scares of the injury. And it's not an injury history. It's just an injury year. And we've seen guys, whether they were injured their, their last year and really took the rest of that year off to just say, you know what, I'm going to focus on the next level because I know it's going to happen. Hell, a lot of people scared of Jamar Chase coming out. And when he when he set out there last year, and what did he do? Well, he, he helped the team get to the Super Bowl. I think he has the talent that for Houston to overlook him missing his previous year, majority of the year. And, and I think that he can come in day one if he's healthy to really help move this uh, wide receiver group. And I think that him and Mechie, Alabama, Ohio State, and then now you look at whether it's Alabama or Ohio State at quarterback, <laughs> you give these quarterbacks some weapons that they can go out there and get creative with and, and, and really have, have a blast with playing on the field. I would like to add that the, if I didn't already put an emphasis on it, the receiving yards percentage by route for Jackson Smith and Jigma. Well, you know what? I look at Smith and Jigma. He excelled in terms of percentage in crossing routes, slant routes, and go routes. I think he can do it out on the football field. The midway point of the NBA is here, and now is a perfect time to download the FanDuel app, America's number one sports book. Because new customers, listen, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel app <laughs> Excuse me. right now. It's safe. It's secure. It's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point spreads and threes drain. Plus, FanDuel's let FanDuel lets you uh, combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same game parlays. So don't miss out to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets whenever you go to FanDuel.com/lockedon. That's FanDuel.com/lockedon to learn more. Welcome back in, Locked On Texan listeners and viewers out there in the YouTube world. One of my favorite times of the year, if not my favorite time of the year. No, it's your favorite time of the year. Not Off season, <laughs> draft, free agency. What can a team do to make themselves better? You know, the moment D'Amico Ryans got to Houston was named officially the next head coach for the next six years. He talked a lot about the development. Right. And I think that development doesn't happen unless you have guys on the field that can also help out their coaches. Right. We, we hear a lot about when D'Amico was, was, was a young guy playing football, how much of a coach he was on the field to help bring along some of the other players around him. Right. And, and you need guys like that. And when we look at the wide receiver position, can't wait to talk about Brandon Cooks, by the way. Hmm. But when we look at the wide receiver position, you would think in an ideal world that that would have been Brandon Cooks, but he wants out. <laughs> we don't know if he's actually going to get out, but he wants out. And then you look at Nico Collins, who's going into his second year, but I think he's also in his third year, excuse me, he's also in the same boat in terms of hasn't played a lot last year, injury. And then you look at, well, you know what, your quarterback situation was less than ideal. 
Mm-hmm. Moments where if your quarterback got you the ball, you may be looking at Nico Collins in a different light or the same light we thought we would see out of Nico at the beginning of the year. So I think a lot of the jury is still out on, on Nico because of the lack of quarterback play. But the wide receiver group still needs that upgrade. No doubt about it. There's no way around it. Been talking about it for the last eight to nine months, long enough to have a baby. There's a couple of things I'm looking for in this free agency when Houston addresses the wide receiver position, which I think that they should. Things that I'm looking for in this free agent class, I'm understanding that this free agent class isn't filled with star-studded or franchise-changing wide receivers, right? But there are some additions Houston can use to boost his weak wide receiver core. Before I talk about free agency, I think that if Houston uses that number three, the number 33rd overall pick in the second round, kick that off and send it up to Cincy for T. Higgins. Hmm. That changes a lot of things that you your approach, I believe so, because now you get a bona fide, I believe, number one receiver. But let's say they don't. The things that I'm looking for to help out this weak wide receiver core, number one, effectiveness with the previous team. Number two, your age. Number three, your fit. And number two and three in terms of age and fit can be flip-flop. So I look at DJ Chalk, 26 years old, Alan Lazard, 27, Jacoby Myers, 26, Juju Smith-Schuster, 26, and Matt Hollins, 29. Well, immediately I want to look at Matt Hollins and I say to myself, as much as I like Matt Hollins and the job that he did with the Vegas Raiders last year, scared away due to his age, right? And Juju Smith-Schuster, I think that they get the deal done to bring him back in, in KC. Uh, nearly had a thousand yards this past year after missing a couple of games and helped that team win a Super Bowl. I think he's a player that, when you look at all of those huge contracts that KC may have on that offensive side of the ball, he's a player that you can, you know, continue to bring back on cheaper deals and you can win with him. I look at Jacoby Myers and I'm going to take my fan hat off. <laughs> it is. Jacoby Myers is a good player, but I cannot advocate for Jackson Smith and Jigma. And recognize Houston has John Mechie and say to myself, yeah, maybe they should add another receiver that played majority of his snaps in the slot. Might have spent 40% and 30% of his time playing in the left and right side of the slot position. Only a combined 16.5% of the time was he split wide out. I don't think that does much for Houston if I just advocated for Jackson Smith and Houston and John Mechie is still on the roster. Uh, the two options that I'm looking for for Houston at the wide receivers position is Alan Lazar and DJ Chalk. Both of those players are coming out of situations where there's some uncertainty in some form within their offense. Lazar waiting to see what Rodgers is going to do. And I think that he mentioned earlier uh, before the season ended that, you know, he's unsure about what he wants to do and where he wants to be in terms of whether it's Green Bay or not. And I also think this is the perfect opportunity for Lazar to get more money than what he's been previously getting. So this is the you know the time to strike the iron while it's hot. Get your money and go to a better situation where you can thrive and get away from Aaron Rodgers, who I believe has been weighing on a lot of people. DJ Chalk wants to see how much you know he, he's really needed in his value in Detroit. And I think when you look at Reynolds, Jamison Williams coming on strong, Ramon Saint, um, the, you know, the, the, the brother, Ramon Saint, I forget his name, but he had a star study year. St. Brown, right? DJ Talk seems to be on the outside of that. And I think of the two, 
Houston and DJ Chalk makes the most sense. Cody, what did you say you wanted out of a wide receiver? A big body receiver, baby. <laughs> DJ Chalk, speedy receiver running 4-3 coming out of college. Playing in that Ben Johnson's offense. You know what Ben Johnson loves to utilize with, with the Detroit Lions? A lot of misdirection and crossing routes, which is what Ben Sloak, I presume, will bring over to the Houston Texans after his time in San Fran because, as I mentioned, that's a top five route that the San Fran's 49ers love to run. And also, he spent a good amount of time playing evenly inside and out. Only 50 targets this past season, caught 32 passes, averaged 16 yards per catch. Fit-wise, again, I'm going to look at the, 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 the age, you know, effectiveness with your last team, and your fit. Fit-wise, he's coming from a situation with young guys. Jamison Williamson, he, you know, he took him a while to get on the field. He was a rookie. St. Brown, second-year wide receiver. Reynolds, a guy that's still trying to figure out his way in the NFL after going undrafted a couple of seasons ago, right? And he helped those guys progress in Detroit, and he played his role amazingly as a vet, and I think that he can do the same here in Houston. An average of $9.5 million over the next three years I think is worth it in terms of how Houston maybe can construct this contract. Maybe you don't get nine and a half this year. Maybe they give you a, a little bit more in your second year to even things out because they want to address other needs this free agency, and they believe that that money can be used to help it out. But, I, you know, I look at Chalk, big body receiver, speed, something that if you lose out on Brandon Cooks, I think you need to replace. And he's also younger. And I think his, he fits well, better with this team. If Brandon Cooks – D'Amico doesn't want any vampires, right? Brandon hmm. doesn't want to be here. You can go ahead and leave. If you don't want me, then don't talk to me. We'll go ahead and free yourself. Hmm. I also like the idea of, of Alan Lazard as well coming to Houston if he does decide to leave Green Bay or wherever. I like Alan Lazard. I think that he did the same thing with Romeo Dobbs and uh, Christian Watson last year, playing that vet role, stepping up when he was needed. And I think that's a player Houston needs. Mm. Um, given the expectations that we do have for Bobby, like I mentioned in the first segment, and it's going, going to play into why I want to see Bobby um, have more veterans to utilize more so than rookies, is the fact that, like I mentioned in the first segment, um, this is his first time as a full-time play caller. And when you talk about all of the crowd, the all of the route, route trees and everything, how he would likes to line up his wide receivers and stuff. I think it would be it would be beneficial for him more so to have a lot more veterans than receivers. I mean, veterans than rookies. With that being said, I do believe that when you take a look at this Houston Texans free agency on both sides of the ball. I don't want the Texans to go out and try to get that big name target, get the big fish. But I do believe that they have fixed their reputation and they have the money to add to what the Houston Texans are trying to do. John, I agree with you. The top two things for agency that I'm looking at is how effective you was with your last team. And of course, your age. You already know how I feel about Jacoby Myers. Had this conversation a couple of weeks ago. I believe that he has the opportunity to possibly be the Houston Texans best free agency um signing this offseason if given opportunity because I do believe that he has the potential if given opportunity to be a team's number one wide receiver with that being said the next guy that I'm looking at is Paris Campbell 
I know he had a couple injury histories his last couple of years, but he was very healthy for the Indianapolis Colts this year. You're looking at a guy who called for um 623 yards um out of 63 catches that he had, only had three drop passes and three touchdowns. This is a guy that Bobby will be able to play on both the slot and on the outside. And not only that, he is only 25 years old, which means he fits with the timeline of this Houston Texans rebuild. And that's what I'm looking at the most, whether or not, not, not only does it make sense for this upcoming year, but how can you add a veteran that can actually be utilized for 2024, 2025, and possibly 2026, because this year is going to be the foundational piece. And it's going to be very important for the Texans to find some type of stability, especially given the fact that we are expecting them to go out to draft either Bryce or CJ. The best thing for you to do is go out there, get a veteran quarterback who's in, I mean, a veteran wide receiver that's in the ballpark, someone in, in, in the age of 24 to 26, Jacoby, Paris, I'll be fine with either or. You know what I think that what Houston needs, and I think, you know, I think we can kind of agree on this is you look at a couple of seasons ago, Minnesota went out, goes out, excuse me, and drafts Jettis, Justin Jefferson. Mm -hmm. They immediately had somebody already on the roster, so things are different, it's a different situation. But they had a vet like Adam Thielen, mm -hmm. right? And then, you know, with Adam Thielen, who's been, you know, effective in this league before, helping bring along, in some ways, Justin Jefferson. I think it is time for Adam Thielen to maybe go ahead and hang it up. You know, he had a <laughs> uh, and I think that Minnesota needs to start looking at a real bona fide number two receiver moving forward, not to move on from him off the team, but uh, back to the Texans. You need an Adam Thielen. You need an Adam Thielen because you, who you thought was going to be your Adam Thielen, who could, who could possibly still be, we'll get into that, <laughs> doesn't want to be in town anymore. And that's the leadership at that position. And so, you know, we can take, we can talk all we want to about Rex Burkhead, how unathletic he was, or, how, you know, how many times he was on the field. Everybody gives Rex Burkhead the credit of being a leader in their locker room, a leader in that position group. And that's what, you know, I can see D'Amico Ryan's really, you know, when, I, when he lays out who they want to look at in free agency, who can be a leader in that position group for the young guys coming in that can also help me help them develop these young players. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Wednesday installment of Locked On Texans. We open up the show talking about draft prospects and a wide receiver group that's going to enter the NFL. Um, in the middle part of the show, we talked about wide receivers who are currently in the NFL, um, still establishing themselves or possibly at the peak of their um, careers. As of right now, we know some of the guys that we mentioned, they still possibly have another level or two that they can reach. Now we got to talk to talk about a potential veteran who I think we can all agree that he's on the back half of his career. And that one name is Brandon Cooks. And John, I felt like it was very important for us to talk about Brandon Cooks in this show because I do believe whether or not he whether or not he is here or not, um, it's going to determine what the Houston Texans do, not only in free agency but in the draft in terms of this position group. Now, as we all remember, we, we already know the story. Um, Brandon Cooks won it out at the trade deadline. Um, Nick Casario did not deal him. And then his relationship with this organization went south. Um, they was able to restore it a little bit towards the end of the season. We saw him go out there on the field, showcase what he can do. 
Regardless how you feel about the last game, he balled out, and I think he had what that might have been his second game this season. They recorded over first, um, hundred yards. Uh, the first one, hurt. yeah, first. Uh, if, yeah, I think you're right. It was the first. I think that first like, game. Was right. What are you doing, Indianapolis? Yeah, yeah I think. Quarter by quarter, minute by minute, it was like, "What are y'all doing?" You know what? But somebody on the sideline let y'all know what the Bears got going on. Of course, for real. Hey, but like you say, Lovey Smith won that game for a reason. Davis Mills gave us his best performance for a reason, and so did Brandon Cooks. But with that Davis Mills Mills gave us an amnesty that you remember when they should have Kobe. You were like amnesty that. Yeah, y'all should just cut bills and never play them again. It was like you know amnesty that, even though we know he's not going to be quarterback next year. Yeah, I know. I mean, you know, it it definitely it worked for Kobe, but that didn't work out so well for for Davis Mills. But by the way, that 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 final drive is what we wanted to see out of Davis Mills for what about twenty some games now he's been the starter. So unfortunately, a little bit too late. But going back to Brandon Cooks, um, I was told by a source a couple weeks ago that around the time when things started to get started to heat up with D'Amico Ryan's being the new head coach. And like we talked about a lot here on this show, ever since we started hearing rumblings about how, how serious things are getting with D'Amico Ryan's and this organization, um, the new reputation, a new feel, a new fit, everything is about, about this organization is new. Um, I was told by a source that a couple players um, at that time were talking to Brandon Cooks to see whether or not they could talk him back into giving the Houston Texans one more season. Now, of course, he's still under contract for the 2023 campaign. Um, I'm not going to go as far as to say if he comes back, he should be this team's number one wide receiver. I think um, regardless if he stays or not, they should be looking at the potential next number one wide receiver for this organization. Try to get him at pick number 12, at pick number 33, because I think we all can agree, regardless of how Brandon Cooks felt throughout the year, especially the back half of the 2022 campaign, um, he lost a step. And I hate to say it because you guys know I love Brandon Cooks here, here oh, on this show. Because I, he's always been one of my favorite receivers. Plain and simple. You should already know this. Been rocking with Brandon Cooks ever since he started with New Orleans. He actually became a homie this year, chopped it up with him in the locker room several times. Um, but, you know, I think it would be best for the Houston Texans. Like I say, even if he stays – for another season and they try to work things out, um, they should still look at getting another wide receiver that could be number one. Listen, I'm going to say this, and it may be shocking, but if Brandon Cooks is bought in, right, and I mean like mafia-style sit-down, come to Jesus meeting. Like they did with Larry Tussle last year. I don't like what they did with Larry Tussle. And Larry Tussle bought in. And, you know, I think a lot of Larry Tussle bought in was financial. You know what I mean? I ain't mad mad at the big dog. But if Brandon Cooks buys into what D'Amico is is selling, basically, Mm -hmm. and and what he believes D'Amico needs to advocate for, you know, Nick Asario, in terms of he will build something, we will be we will build something good here to be competitive. I'm all for it. And remember, those are the same words that he said during training camp in the first half of last season. Yeah. Now I just want to reiterate. Look at the vet who wants to play for a winning football team. And this past two years, especially last year, where 
you know, he mentioned the I've, I've you know, took the lies and everything. You remember the old encrypted tweets and mm-hmm. everything. If they are competitive, but if if you know, and if D'Amico Ryan's can get him to see his vision, I'm kind of all for it. Unless Houston has a deal on the table that really makes sense for the future and not just this upcoming season. Right. So you look at an opportunity to where, you know, you missed out on trading them in this past deadline would have got you, you know, a couple of picks, a pick or two uh, or a pick in this year's draft. But if it makes sense to move on from them, if it can help you out immediately in the 2023 draft before it rolls around or maybe next year, well, you may want some more flexibility because you may look at maybe doing a, a couple of signing trades with some players who knows. Then, yeah, you move on, right? And I think that's fair. It really depends on how D'Amico views Brandon Cooks right now. Mm. Don't want no vampires. Don't want no energy vampires, no no bloodsuckers around his team. And if we're being honest, due to whatever was told to Brandon Cooks, whatever was presented to him, that's what he became. Plain and simple. Um, But we'll see. I think that's a situation that needs to be constantly monitored. And the question is, what can Brandon Cooks really do for you right now? What is his value under D'Amico, under Bobby Sloan, still having to work with Nick Casario, still having to now maybe rebuild some relationships in this locker room or in the front office if he decides to stay? And is it worth it? And if it's, if it's worth it, then you put your head down, flip it, and reverse it, right? You just keep on moving and see where it goes, man. I also would like to add that if Houston does decide to go defense or address another position at 12, which I totally would understand, I would hope that Jaden Hyatt is available at 33. When you talk about is it worth it, yes. And I'm not saying that just because, you know, I I, I like Brandon Cooks as a player and as a person, but I look at it as what can he provide for – D'Amico Ryans and, and Bobby and the rest of the guys. You talked about with some of these free agent receivers. I know the Texans need is a veteran presence in that locker room. And I know, you know, some of you listeners and, and, and readers and fans and stuff out there might hear the old cliche, you know, a young team need a veteran leader. leader. Um, that's true. It's, it's 100% true because there's another team in the city of Houston that doesn't have veteran presence at all. And they are sitting at 13 and 43 as of right now. And they're about to finish with the third with the worst record in the NBA for the third consecutive year. Brandon Cooks, yes, things did get sour, especially, and he was like very vocal with his displeasure with for this organization. However, all I know is there are several players, especially in at that position group. One of them we talked about, Nico Collins, they still have love and respect. For Brandon Cooks, and if you bring him in, you 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 are you are not only going to continue to 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 go out there and have a solid position group at that wide receiving core, especially for your young quarterback that we all think you're going to bring in. But you're definitely he's definitely going to be somebody that a young guy like John Mechie is going to be able to lean on. Even a young guy that's still trying to find his way in this league, Nico Collins. Uh, we talked about Jackson. We talked about Johnston. Um. Those are guys they're going to be able to learn so much if they have an opportunity to keep Brandon Cooks, which, by the way, I think is more beneficial for the Houston Texans to keep Brandon Cooks than bringing in a veteran that was on the outside looking in only because 
Brandon Cooks has lived through all of the BS over the last two, three seasons. Make sure you guys check us out on YouTube under the name Locked On Texans. Also follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman. 12. Man, we appreciate y'all. I'm in, I'm in, in the Dallas Fort Worth area, man. You know, where you from, they see where I, where I work, and I got to let them know, man, hey, this every day, all day. I, listen, I wear it on me. You see this? The Rockets, but I, I, I wear it on me. All the time, baby. All the time. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Please, ladies and gentlemen, be sure to subscribe for this podcast. Thank you for riding with us because we got some things in store for you guys, especially once those players start working out in that building. So you don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. Cody is in Houston right now physically, but mentally he's in New Orleans. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.